Well, we've got a treat for you today. We don't have Matt Bynes sitting across from me. We have Tom Hawkin. Tom Hawkins, say hello. Hello there, Mr. Lawler. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I'm excited to see where we go with this. Um, we're looking at Revelation 12 from Sunday. Tom helped us on Sunday looking at Revelation 12. And Tom, just sort of to get an idea from you. Whenever you came to this passage, obviously there's so much going on. Could you tell us what was exciting about preaching this passage? What did you find challenging? So what um, excited you? What was challenging? Well, I, it was yeah, it's one of those passages where you kind of read it first time and you think, what on earth is going on here? <laughs> when, when Matt gave me the passage, I was thinking, you and Matt, when you sat in the office, I wonder whether you kind of, you find all the difficult passages and just palm them off to guest speakers and visiting speakers. I wonder that. But, um, no, I mean, to be honest, Revelation all the way through has been really good, hasn't it? Because it, it sounds like really complicated on the surface, but it's so applicable. Um, so I've really, I've really enjoyed spending time in Revelation um, overall. And then with this passage especially, I think it was um, yeah, a really nice section. Uh, to spend time digging deeper and, and speaking. So. I mean, I'm just going to throw out here, you're not a visiting preacher. You're one of the bridge elders. So it's definitely not a case. Well, that... I know. I, I, to be honest, I feel sorry for the, you. We've had a few guys over the over the months and years, and I, I feel like, oh, God, it's like a massive hot potato that's they just been chucked there. But nah, I'm already teasing. Yeah. Well, like, as we just recovered there, both... The thing that's exciting is that, you know, ultimately what we've seen in Revelation that God's in control to persevere through suffering and that the Lamb wins. But the challenging thing is that although we keep coming back to that simple message, like sometimes you get to a passage and you're like, how on earth does this remind me of those things when there's a, a dragon, uh, yeah. a woman and a baby? It just seems carnage, doesn't it? Yeah, this one was definitely confusing to get to but um yeah. yeah well i suppose you you did mention and this is becoming well matt does it quite a lot these days but during your sermon you said oh we'll get to that in the podcast <laughs> which i always enjoy when matt yeah, does it. potato dave yes <laughs> any of the hard stuff yeah and that uh that hot potato was the the numbers so there's number. I mean, there's numbers all throughout uh, Revelation. So, what what were you alluding to in that? Uh, I'll we'll look at the numbers. Was that you stalling to give more time to read, or what did you want to touch on there? <laughs> you know, listen, taking taking a chapter of um, Revelation at a time. It's a big chunk of passage to deal with in one sitting, but um, there's so much in there, isn't there, that we could spend ages talking about the numbers and. Um, their importance, uh, you know, there was the dragon and the description of the dragon in the, the first few verses where uh, he kind of had these seven heads with um, ten horns and seven crowns. And and then again, there was that 1260 days um, that the woman is protected in the wilderness. Um, and again, a little bit later on, there's this time, times and half a time um, 
that comes towards the end of the chapter as well. And um, I guess it's just the fact that these numbers in uh, Revelation, they, they are important. Um, they have a meaning behind them. Uh, and I think sometimes we can kind of, I think there's a danger that we can kind of over um, rely when we go to numbers and not and, and forget about the sim the symbology of them um, symbolic nature. Symbology, I know what you mean. Don't worry. I know what I mean. Um, so, like, yeah. So, say for example, with the the, the number of uh, seven um, being like kind of that perfect number or completeness, um, complete number in the Bible. Um, and with the 1260 days, uh, actually what that kind of means is uh, 1260 days is uh, approximately 42 months, which is three and a half years, which is half of seven. Um, so it's kind of like the most long-winded way of saying like half of um, that perfect complete number or the complete number of time. Um, so really, when we read that 1260 days in the passage, what we're, what we're referring to is that kind of second half of history after Jesus was born and before he will return again. Um, that's what it's pointing towards. So it's not um, actually three and a half years and it's not actually 1260 days literal, um, but it's, it's symbolic of a period of time um, until Christ returns. Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because you have to do such a, an explanation job there of what these numbers mean. You must have been very excited when you looked at this. And I can't remember what verse it is, but John just says, that dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil. You're like, yes, great <laughs> easy peasy for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was nice to have an answer on the tin with that one, wasn't it? So, uh... Yeah. I like what I find encouraging when I read this, and I wonder what you think about this, but how we see in verse six and verse, I think it's verse 13, we, we see both times that the woman is, or the church, obviously the woman symbolizes, is protected by God. The, like twice in the same chapter, the same phrase is used where the church is protected like why is that an encouraging picture when we consider how terrifying this dragon is yeah i think that kind of i don't know about you but when when uh when i was reading this i was thinking about that kind of wilderness that image of the wilderness and um and kind of all the symbology that comes back from the old testament uh and the way in which god protected and provided for his people in the wilderness and, and the way that they kind of, they depended on him during that time. Uh, and I feel like um, that, that kind of image for us now living as God's people in 2021, um, you know, with all that we talked about on Sunday, uh, knowing that kind of the dragon's um, rage is, is now kind of his, his sphere has been clo is closed in around him now. He's not able to kind of accuse like he did, um, but he is, his anger is focused now just on the church. And, uh, and I just feel like whilst we're in this wilderness position to know that God is providing uh, and has prepared a place for us. And also that kind of we can depend on him during this time. Um, I think there's that, that, uh, 
that phrase as well, Dave, about the eagle's wings, that um, the woman was given the wings of an eagle, like kind of, I think, that, uh, where is that now? Down towards the end of the chapter, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. It's verse 14, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just the kind of, that image of, of God's protection uh, on his people. Um, that doesn't mean that we won't go through tough times and there won't be persecution, um, that it might not be that easy for us to be Christians in, in 2021, um, but actually that God's hand is over it all. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I find whenever, whenever I read this for the first time, you know, you obviously made a big point about how people triumph by the blood of the lamb and go into Jesus and being safe and secure in him. But there's the line where it says in verse 11 that, that they didn't love their lives so much as to shirk from death. I suppose part, part of that is, what do you think it looks like to love our lives too much in 2021? I know that's a really difficult question, but that's sort of, that is what people are commanded for. People of faith are commanded for not loving their lives too much as to fear death. Yeah, I think, um, you know, of course, for the context, the um, when this was originally written, and you think about the kind of the position the church was in at the time, um, there were kind of people being martyred and all sorts of stuff going on there for their faith. And so it, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I think probably there's a lot that would have spoken into that original language then. Um, and hey, amazing that here we are in the UK um, and we don't experience that type of persecution um, as it is at the moment. But then, hey, there's plenty of people around the world who, who do experience that, um, that, that actually it being, um, it being illegal or, you know, um, you know, churches driven underground and all sorts of things like that for, for people. I remember talking to someone once about a guy in... Um, North Korea, who um, who uh, was seeking to stand firm in his faith in a place where it's it's just impossible. Um, so yeah, uh, encouraging to hear of believers around the around the world continuing no matter what they face. And um, I guess for us, I wonder whether like uh, we think about what well, if we're more concerned, I guess, about um, our own. Uh, I suppose our own reputation or our, our own name above God's. I guess that's where for me it gets a little bit, um, it gets a bit tricky, doesn't it? Because, uh, hey, you know, there'll be things that happen to us, um, uh, say in a social situation. Um, we've all been there when something's been said or um, about Christians being, you know, uh, you know, why would they bother believing those types of things? I remember uh, being with some uh, some of the dads from the school and um, they were they were all talking about kind of the fact that it's ridiculous that in a in another school in Cardiff that they that they still did um, prayers and said prayers in assembly and how outdated and rubbish kind of church things are and and how creation is a load of rubbish and and kind of I listened to it for a while and and you think, it would be so much easier and socially, I guess, so much easier just to, to say nothing here. Um, but, you know, at some point you, you kind of, you need to, 
be more concerned about God's name than, than our own. And so, you know, speaking out and, and kind of maybe just pre presenting the alternative of the fact that God did create the world and um, into that situation was a way which, you know, was it costly? I guess so. And in, I'm sure we could all think of examples when that's happened in that social moment where we had to kind of go through a bit of a pain line. But more often than not, I find when we do that, actually people are really engaged to hear the alternative you know there's there's uh the, the debate is often quite one-sided and and i think people are quite uh encouraged to hear and to talk and to grapple with these things when we step out and go through that pain barrier um certainly that's been my experience when talking to friends about this stuff before so. yeah i had i had that experience myself in the past week when i texted a friend from rugby and he was, he was talking about one of you know, well, basically awful circumstances had happened in his life. And I, I sort of said, I said to him, I had that sort of choice as to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And just sort of move it on. I went, well, like, I will be praying for you sort of thing. I could have just left that out. But mm -hmm. it is interesting how much people are, like, appreciative of that sort of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it would have been easy for me in that situation. I know you're not supposed to use examples of yourself, but, like, to not yeah. to love my life too much to risk any social you know exclusion so it's, mm -hmm. those, it's those little things isn't it like that actually what is it jesus says it like you know those who seek to keep their life will lose it and those who lose their life will gain it i suppose we need just to believe that more and more don't we yeah absolutely and i mean you know the circumstances we face it it might not just be on a social level, you know, kind of professionally, there's things that we need to be really wise with and, and sensitive with as well. And um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's seeking God's wisdom in this and to know, um, know what to do and how to stand firm. But ultimately, um, kind of standing firm, uh, no matter what the circumstance, we talked about Romans 8 a lot on, on Sunday and those kind of verses, are just they're just awesome, aren't they? For, kind of when we when we understand the fact that we are saved for eternity mm -hmm. of grace then what in all of the world could ever uh change that nothing absolutely nothing and so no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in um suffering or hardship whatever it just in the context in the in light of what christ has achieved it's just okay um, just let's just keep pardoning on and keep trusting him we uh last week in our life group we we looked at the 50 most persecuted countries for christians on open doors and it's interesting because i maybe i just have a weird personality but as we looked looked at them and saw like what intense persecution there was part of me feels like embarrassed that sometimes you know i view like i love in my life too much is you know fear and a bit of laughter i actually find looking at those things and be like flip people are really actually dying for their faith that spurs me on because like the you know the worst thing that they can do in this country isn't it isn't death like you're not going to be killed for being a christian so i just find that i'm really glad alad took us to that on wednesday it just was a real perspective fixer for me yeah absolutely I suppose um, like this classic, classic Dave Lawler, this is just something that I, I loved. Um, the, <laughs> the Maybe that's because we 
have played for the same the same club so we can sort of relate to it in some ways but that mm. illustration of you know bottom of the table versus top of the table and you think this would just be a nice little you know exhibition where we fling the ball around it'll be fun but no it's a bloodbath i thought that was brilliant because like amy sitting beside me was like i can totally relate to that netball and i in my head i was like flip and netball is not contact so they must be like tearing people's hair out or something <laughs> but i i did think it was helpful to think about you know the devil's been defeated but not destroyed so it my question for you is what does it look like in life then to not to have the right sort of perspective of the devil then like not being utterly terrified of him but also recognizing that a lion on a chain is still dangerous what do you think that might look like um yeah it's a it's a great question isn't it i think uh when I was when I was preparing this, I thought about those. I've already said that the, the those wilderness years. Um, I think the image there is is really helpful. That kind of this isn't like a permanent scenario that we're in at the moment. It's uh, it's temporary. Um, uh, and Christ is, uh, will return um, and will complete that kind of that work of bringing bringing all evil and everything to an end. Um, I guess with the the balance that you're talking about there, um, I think we can underestimate um, kind of the devil in one hand. You know, it would, I think it would be risky for us to kind of belittle um, how powerful uh, he is. Um, I mean, he's more powerful than you or I. Um, it, how kind of the way in which the, the means by which he will use uh, uh, in order to try and destroy, to, to steal and to kill and destroy that kind of John 10 language again. It's, it's, um, we really need to kind of tread warily um, when, when we experience these little whispers of doubt uh, or these little whispers of deceit, I should say. Um, and actually when it's straight up persecution as well, um, how, we, how we act and how we deal with those things but he is defeated uh, and so kind of, um, you know, even uh, just even just taking the devil himself and his accusations or his persecutions, taking them to the cross, because as we do, we, we, we take a defeated foe before um, the, the savior and, and actually um, all all things then fall into into alignment again. We know that Jesus reigns. We know that He's in charge, and um, and this is this is there's nothing we can do really. Yeah, I mean, I think isn't it before the before the throne of God above is the is the classic hymn, isn't it? Where we sort of think about there's no power in heaven on earth that can force us to to depart because Christ is there, He's seated he's done it satan has that's the line isn't it when satan tells me to despair and tells me of the guilt within of where to look and see him there i'm not going to sing it for you but that's that's (laughs) that's what that's what you encourage us to do on sunday which is the thing that we do with the devil's lies isn't it take it to the cross yeah Um, i i think that was 
a good use of your lunch break, would you say? Half an hour, 20 minutes? <laughs> well, it's, the, uh, it's, not, it's, uh, it's not as hard as it seems, really. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll sign off. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening to this. Cheers, Dave.